Rookie Fever, the show that looks closely at NFL rookie values all year long. With your hosts, Swagzilla Zero G. We can't all be winners. And Mike, the feverish Fadero. It's never in a vacuum! Nothing is in a vacuum! The Rookie Fever Podcast. We're just having fun and we're working, baby. That's it, baby. Welcome back to Rookie Fever, episode 1000. And I'm here, as always, with the feverish Fanero. We have 1,000 questions. I'm going to throw it for arrow as quick as we can. We can <laughs> One hour. No problem. <sighs> Fever! Man, so feverish. How are you? I'm doing excellent. How are Do you? you have the fever? Do you have rookie fever? I think everyone does. We have rookie fever, and we, uh, we uh, continue to have it all the way through the draft that's quickly approaching. Fever! We got to sing the song. Oh, again, once out. again, not going to happen. Dude, Panera's how not cool of a bet would it be? We should make some kind of bet sometime. Not today. I don't have a bet in mind. I, I really don't. <laughs> but the loser has to sing the outro. Oh, wow. That is an interesting bet. As we get closer and... I don't have a bet in mind. No, I'm saying like we tend to disagree as we get closer, like after Fever. landing spots. Uh, on players, so we'll have to we'll have to do something. I like that. I don't we, think we listeners are going to like it if I lose. I don't think Not they'd yet. like it if either of us lost. It's I think like they a, might. It's like one of those lose lose situations. <laughs> well, the beautiful thing about a podcast is if we begin to sing, they could certainly speed it thirty. Shit, seconds. we lost. We lost ten listeners just when I, they thought I was going to give you a thousand questions. Yes, that probably happened as well. So let's tell them what we're going to do. We're going to talk about Rookie Fever. Isn't that crazy? And Five years I, in? Dude, it's actually really crazy. <laughs> so we're going to talk about Fever, what it does, the goods and the bad of like what actually Rookie Fever is. And then he says five years in and I'm like, I'm I'm thinking like, holy cow, we have a lot of like weird aversaries like we do for fun on podcasts, you know, like this many shows, this many this, like this many yeah. seasons. But we are we are far enough into rookie fever to where I'm selling my favorite players that hit when we started the show. Mm, interesting. Like I'm I'm no longer hiding my chub like it's out there for everybody to see. I'm trying to let everybody have some of it and I, I I'm having trouble older. selling Sir Nicholas Chubb now. Yeah. And I think like that's awesome. The, to be honest with you, like, but um, nevertheless, I think that you it. still have some time to get production out of Chubb. Mm -hmm. But I also am one of those people that believes that you don't wait until nobody wants Dalvin Cook. You try to sell with some meat on the bones so they can get somebody. You don't want to totally screw them and not give them any production. So I think it's the I think it's time to sell Nick Chubb. Anyway, rookie fever, rookie fever, <laughs> got rookie fever. Fever, and I know we've got the rookie fever. I have to throw a trade at you because nice rookie fever's gotten crazy. Okay, and you've been here with me for this ride. This isn't a huge one, but we talk a lot about like. Do you remember last year when it got to that point in rookie fever? Not the show, the the fever that everybody was like, "I'm out on 2022. I'm going to 23. Trade away for anything." 
Very much. It's hard to forget that. In some corners of the world, we are now there with 2023 to 2024 because the fever's caught up with people and they don't know how to handle the sweats. And now they're like, wow, maybe maybe I just lost for a couple of years for no reason at all because I don't want any of these players, which I, I don't think is the correct answer. I'm uh, just... I'm just talking here about what I think other people may be thinking. I, I love and now that they're trying to there. push to 2024 already yep. Yep. because they're disappointed with losing the last two years to get to 2024. So now to get to 2023 and now they're like, you know, maybe that wasn't a good idea. <laughs> but with that bad idea, I think of like the hits that they missed on and what they could have had while they were pushing to 2023. Okay, make sure I stay on track here, Fenero. If you need to correct my years, like, cause I'm bouncing, I'm already confused. So when you're, you, they were bouncing to 2023, like trading hypothetically Drake London away or Jameson Williams, who didn't play, I get. So he's, he's a different kind of example, but like you can't get a 2023 for Jameson or, or nobody's giving you that. Like they want Jameson today, a player that didn't even play and they want Jameson Williams. Even though they pushed, they pushed it out a year with no interest. They just wanted that like equal pick, but I'm going to wait a year for mine. You go play fantasy football. <laughs> and now they're doing the same damn thing. Yes. I have a trade in my inbox right now, Fenero, where I send Hassan Haskins and a 2024 first, and I will get the 110 mm. sent to me. He has Derrick Henry for what it's worth. Which, in my opinion, in a weird way, from a competitive standpoint, he's the person I want to give Hassan Haskins to. And this is not some J.J. Zacharyson thing where I don't believe you should have your handcuffs, but I'm not adding points to his lineup, is my argument. Should Henry go down, I'm just keeping him. I'm maintaining what he has, and at that sure. point, he'll be downgrading. But I'm not going to be giving him, like, he won't have, like, Henry and A.J. Dillon if Aaron Jones goes down. It's not that sure. kind of move. Not sure. to put Hassan Haskins with Dylan. So, so to me, that, that's just, I don't even care. Like if he wants Haskins too. So first of all, I'm going to accept this trade. Yeah. Let me, this let is, me go ahead. Let me, let me dive into something that you've been, you've been, you've been, uh, hovering around, which is a, a, a point I wanted to make as well. Rookie fever has its ebbs and its flows, right? And we all know it. And we all know that through February, through the end of April is, is when it, it just grows and grows and gets intense. But there's, there's a time right now. And it's the time you're talking about. It's the time where you get an offer like this, where there's 23 fatigue. We, we, we've heard about the profiles. I heard it on every single podcast, every single platform. And we're familiar with the players and we're down on them now. We're down on them. Why? Because 23 was supposed to be amazing. We were talking about it in 21. So this is not, this might be emphasized in 23, but it happens every single year. And that's the important part. Yeah. I think that's the important part we want to talk about. And you've been talking about, and I wanted to talk about too, it's at the top of my show sheet. So you nailed it with this trade as an example, which is this is an opportunity to probably get your 24s if you wanted them, which is what this player is doing. But it's also an opportunity to get your 23s, right? So you're getting your 23s cheaper than you did even two years ago, right? Yeah. You absolutely are. You're, you're, you're advancing a year. Let's take Haskins out of it because I think we can all agree that we can do that, right? You're basically getting a oh, pick this year like a for a pick Third next or fourth year. round rookie pick. You know what I right. mean? That's what people yeah. were using on him last year. So. Yes, right. So, so this is an example where both sides can kind of get what they want 
during rookie fever, right? So if somebody mm-hmm. wants to kick the can down the road, it's pretty economical to do so. Those 24 picks after April 27th, 28th, and 29th of this year will skyrocket and gain in value and gain in value and gain That's in value. That's what we said last year about the 23s, right. though. Right. But it does happen, right? Yeah. So it's, so it's I think supposed to. <laughs> right. <laughs> But you, but there is an ebb and flow to it. I think that's the important part, right? So, so twenty four will be valuable after twenty three has been drafted, and it's more economical for you to do what you're doing right now for the same exact reason. Give me my twenty three. So it's going to really depend on your team, and and you know, right now you're like, no, give me the pick. I'm always going to pick the the pick this year over next year. I'm always going to pick, and I don't disagree with you. But I think the cool part to look at right now is there's a window. When I talk about ebbs and flows and that windows right now for those kind of trades, because after the draft, rookie fever goes into what I'm going to call, which is an official medical term, hyperprexia. <laughs> hyperprexia is when your fever is over 106 degrees. This is when you start to see hallucinations. This is when you start moving up players way, way, way higher than you had them on your boards because of landing spots or draft capital. You start making some really silly decisions, not only with picks in your rookie draft, but with trades. So you got to be careful about that 106 fever that's coming at the end of April and this moderate to low grade fever, rookie fever that we're dealing with here in March. Yeah. Well, and that's another thing too. And I'm glad you mentioned that because that's what does happen next throughout this fever. And when you're bedridden and you're trying to figure it out, you're like, do I want a blanket or not? No, I don't want to cover (laughs) up. I want to go out there. I'm hot and cold. I'm hot again. (laughs) Yeah. So what's going to also happen is it's going to get to this point where you can be, if, if you should choose to be, you can be very impressed by the things that you can get for like your 201 your even your 209 in your rookie draft because somebody's finally like man i want in i'll I'll give you xyz i'm trying to think of something i would actually want the player that keeps coming to mind but it's more using the past is tyler lockett like that player Mm -hmm. that everybody's all of a sudden like Tyler Lockett for your two eleven, you know, and you're just, and if you're just kind of like, yeah, okay, you know, like, yeah, and you look back and some of you are thinking like, oh yeah, but I got so and so at three oh one, and that does happen. I, we're well aware of that. Yes. Look at your draft board though, not just how smart you think you are, and look at all of the misses. And that's no knock on you and any of the hits that any of you have had, but look at all the misses and imagine if that hit you had was taken one pick earlier and you didn't get it. Any hypotheticals at all because the the misses are are the hits are few and far between. Like even me, like I'll get a two eleven and I'm like, you know what, I can make that I can make that shit work. <laughs> but I can look at plenty of my old draft boards and see that yeah. I missed on a 203 or a 204, let alone a 211, you know? Yeah, I love that you brought that up, too, because I wanted to bring up something very similar to that, which was what I enjoy versus what I succeed at. Right. So I enjoy trading away my future first and seconds for players. I enjoy it because uh, I get my known quantities. I'm making my runs in the leagues where I want my runs. I'm picking up, I'm picking up players with my firsts and just feel like I'm stealing. Right. And then what I do, because I don't have a first and a second is I buy back in and I looked Mm, back at those buy back. I looked back at those buy back ins and they're fun. Don't get me wrong. I'm talking about something I enjoy. Right. But I looked back at those buy ins and I wanted to tell you they were just, they were just 
scattered with Tyler Algiers and Damian Pierce's and, and, and all the hits, but there were a lot more misses. And I think yeah. that's just because I enjoy it isn't necessarily a good strategy. I do continue to enjoy that, but, but implementing that strategy, you're putting yourself in these rounds because you're not, you're not trading up all of a sudden to get a 105 or a 104. If you're playing that strategy, you're, you're, you're getting seconds, right? And yeah. you and I both know every single class, which is another thing I wanted to hit on, they all fall apart at the same damn areas, whether it's super flex or not. It's in the second is where they fall apart is where mm-hmm. you it, it doesn't mean you can't get a great player. It doesn't mean you can't grab a Terry McLaurin. It doesn't. But your chances are so drastically different after even the 106, to be quite honest. But certainly in the second round, when you're buying back in, you're buying when those picks are at their highest. This yeah. is when people want a Tyler Lockett and stuff like that. And when you think about it, the reverse is probably more successful, to be quite honest, is trying yeah. to get rid of those seconds for actual players and points in your lineup. Yeah. I want to regress really quick back to that 110 in the 2024 and kind of what you were saying about the 2024 and how after the draft or especially after our rookie drafts in our dynasty leagues, how that will that will gain value. Correct. Um, kind of like a slow rise yep. until the it next, will, your next rookie draft. Mm-hmm. But my 110. Oh, yeah. <laughs> is going to get a spike. Oh, absolutely. Like no other, you know, and it's going and very to, quickly, very quickly. Yeah. It's yes. going to be like boom. And then after that, like responsibility and accountability goes to me to make that pick continue to work, whether I trade out of it or quite frankly, this is where I want to sound smart and, and tell you I'm going to hit, but I feel like really a lot needs to happen. Truthfully, I need to have things fall to me to have that hit. Like, it's not just like magic. Unfortunately, you do have to have people make mistakes in your draft. (laughs) Sorry, it happens, you know, but you have to have like those misses that go in your first round happen for you to be successful, whether it's me taking carry on Johnson or, I'm trying to think of I, I'm trying to not just be so recent and and stick with like Sky Moore, Kadarius Tony, who I think was probably a second round, not a first round. James Cook, some of those guys. I'm trying to think of some of the more distance, like Nikhil Harry. Um, you know what I mean, though. But you Absolutely. need to have those misses that get you the hits. So it's almost just kind of like picking through some of those, like the cliche of like fade the noise is so true. And sometimes you have to be able to do that on some of those players when they get excited just about the chiefs or yep. whatnot. And sometimes, but that's what has to happen for you to have a hit. And um, those misses aren't that important. It's not, I don't even need to say the misses, but more what I'm saying is even the rarity me hitting on a one time isn't because I'm smart, I guess is what I'm trying to say. You have to have misses for you to get that hit. Yeah, and there will be, right? So what you're going to hear... Somebody can take your guy at any point. Yes. (laughs) What you're going to hear at this time of year, right here uh, in late March, mid to late March, is you're going to hear, where's the line? Where's the line in the first round where I should be trading for 2024? Because this is the time where 2024 isn't that much further away and we're down on the 2023 class, right? So that's the stuff you're going to start hearing. And I've heard as early as 106, and I've heard as late as 110 is when you're trading yeah. in for 20, right? Yeah, I love, I love, the, I love so your response silly. right at the bat, right? So, so it's, 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 it's. I'll give you a 201 for a first. Right. 
it's really interesting though to to try and take advantage of that twenty three fatigue, right? And at the same or the time, first, I meant the opposite. Sorry. Oh, I totally understand that one ten. Let's take the other side, right? That was Justin Jefferson, right? And I know I'm cherry yeah, picking. DK Metcalf, I know I'm cherry Justin picking. Herbert. DK Metcalf, yes. But to your point, Swags, and to all of our listeners, I was in a league. And I don't, I know one person in the whole league. It's a sleeper league. It's an older league. I've, I've had it for quite a few years. And I had the 112 because I had won that year. I got Garrett freaking Wilson at 112. Things yeah. happen in these drafts. Yeah. The, we seem to think that every single draft that all everyone's in and all of our listeners in are all expert drafts and they're all analysts and they're, all, they're not. The average person's going to make a lot of mistakes in a rookie draft or get really hyped up on a player and push other plays down to you at that 110. That 110 is a nice little spot. You don't think it right now because we're in fatigue. We're tired of these players. We're coming up with all the reasons we don't like this class and all these players. But I guarantee you on the 27th, 28th, and 29th, you will feel different, and so will everybody else. And that 110 is going to be scrumptious swags. That's just it, too. Like, I mean, you still have to figure this year we're probably going to have three to four quarterbacks in our rookie drafts that push talent back. I think it's four. or fall to us. You're yep. going to have two or three running backs. So that yep. puts us at six to seven players that yep. push like other players back to you, be it the top wide receivers or, and everybody's arguing about who that is. Yep. And, but and at this point, and, or, or you either. trade out. Yeah. That's there too. And I don't know. And then I think it's, it's another one of those variations too. Like you talk about trading out and so many times, like you'll see a player hit the block in your leagues. And it's followed by picks only. And I don't know how I feel about that, man. I want to crap on it a lot because I know like there's one side of me that understands the flexibility that a pick gives me if I'm trying to build a team. Okay. That's a key part of this. If I'm trying to build a team, those picks give me flexibility to be able to go and shop for the positions that I need, whether I'm going to use the pick in the draft or play fantasy football. I'm going to play fantasy football and try to win for this scenario. And, but that pick gives me flexibility to be able to go out and get what I get. But at the same time, if you're telling me that all you want is picks, you're one limited in your market and you're two, not trying to fix any of the needs within your team. You're just trying to keep it this certain way, which is losing. You're pushing it forward again. And you can only do that for so long. And so many times it's just like, picks only sorry looking for picks yeah and i think there's times when you you look for picks i'm not saying i I like to obtain picks but i think that if that's all you're looking for like you're probably like really limiting your market because first of all there's probably three to four guys on your in your league that have already traded their picks away who might have some youth on their team that you could use even if you're trying to stay young, but now they don't even want to talk to you about it because you've already limited your market and then you have the other people that are sort of thinking similar to you and they're like, Oh, I don't want to trade any of my picks for that guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and, and then a lot of times you see that value occur on crappy teams and like, they'll, sorry, I'm trying to build around Barkley and, um, sorry, but the giants aren't even trying to do that anymore, <laughs> you know? And so you get to this point where you hang on to this value because I don't know what you're trying to do, you know, or you either want too much or you're looking for the wrong things. And then I don't know, 
what I'm trying to say here, Finero. <laughs> I think I think again, it's a symptom of rookie fever to to put that in on your trade block. I think that doesn't happen in um, October or November. Like you're not getting a comment about I only want picks. You're getting that now, and I think that's mm-hmm. kind of what we. Oh, I see do. it a lot. Yeah, and it's it's this time of year. It would be nice if we could go back and and look at 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 you know a history on an MFL site and see like track like when people are looking for picks but we know when they're looking for picks they're looking for picks now and this is this is one of those times where you just need to be self-aware i don't think there's any right or wrong way to trade for picks or trade away picks i think the only way to do it is if you just ignore this ebb and flow of rookie fever like you need to know when it's set in you need to know when you have the fever yourself because it's again i'll go back to we're all gonna get crazy again after the draft and landing spots and honestly rankings before then Hell, even like go to DynastyNerds.com, go into the film room, go do your own research, listen to Rookie Fever, go over and look at these rookies yourself, accumulate your own opinion fine, right? Oh, by the way, DynastyNerds.com, save 15% by, you know, plugging in that promo code FEVER, of course. I was going to say, like, what a missed opportunity. (laughs) But with that being said... That's one part of the puzzle, and we all know when the big, big piece gets put into that puzzle, and that's going to be the draft capital and where these players land. We can sit here and talk about it and have fun. Like That's what these shows are about. That's what, that's what you and I are doing right now. We're talking about stuff that honestly is going to change so drastically come late April, and that's when we're all going to get excited about it again and get just crazy. And it's important to know that that's going to happen. And to not succumb to it, to keep your cool, right? You still got to go to work. You can't call out. And and you're still going to get hits on players too, but I think you have to kind of limit your expectations and and realize what those hits might look like per every class. Like, um, So, for example, I wanted to come here and be able to completely crap on youth and ages, and I'm a total ages, first of all. I love to find like a young wide receiver who's balling out and – and one way I thought I'd be able to do that was by looking at like this, the plat pass wide receivers of 2022 and like the ages of them. But I was surprised when like I looked at the top 20 based on like yards and like kind of touchdowns and like to kind of the top of the bunch. That group was pretty split, like from 25 and up to 25 and down. Like it was mm. pretty split. And DK Metcalf kind of being that center line of like that 25 year old wide receiver. Um, so I was, I was really kind of pleasantly surprised, but you still only see like two, three per class. You know what I mean? And I think that that's one thing we need to try to realize sometimes is all of these guys are very special talents the special talent needs the good opportunity. But then I think that like, like there are the outliers that might fail that you think are going to be very special. There's, there's also outliers that are studs that are above and beyond the class. Like mentioned a couple times, like Chubb and Barkley on the show, they were studs from that class. Like there are two running backs that are still succeeding at that level in the NFL, other people gave us some opportunities and we got some fantasy points out of them and we had to get out of them a little bit quicker. So the likelihood of finding those guys that ball out, like even the CD lambs, 
I don't even want to go to Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase, but those that like that's the few and far between. So those are the special, special players that are the superior talent and they have the right opportunity. And that doesn't just always click into place, like especially quickly. Yeah. Yeah, it's one of uh one of our favorite shows is out of the gator weight. Uh, I was doing mm-hmm. a profile on uh, Jalen Hyatt, and um, during the profile and, and my research beforehand, um, you know he's he's a he's a speedy wide receiver that doesn't have an advanced route tree, and you know these are these are things like these are things that just kind of make me go, I, ah, I'm not interested. I need I want I want I want I want a college player that. <laughs> that that actually knows how to play wide receiver and not learning yeah. on the job in the NFL. Like I tend to be like out on these profiles that, that I have to wait on. And, and I, mm-hmm. I don't think that that's a bad thing. Like I, I get that I'm an impatient person, but I think in general, we all are in dynasty. I think more often than not, we, we probably play too much with the redraft mind, but I don't know if that's a bad thing in dynasty to think short term because he, I mean, look at Elijah Moore, who we talked about a lot last week, like, how the mighty have fallen, right? So it's one of these things where it's just, it's tough sometimes to to look at somebody that doesn't operate out the gate and not be out on them, right? A lot of people talk about don't draft a tight end in your rookie drafts because they're not going to do anything their year one, and there'll be cheaper year two. It's hard to disagree with that, to be quite honest, other than the fact that I have the asset and don't have to trade for it. But it's one of those things where out of the gate or wait is one of one of our funnest episodes because we're just like we're literally just guessing based on, on opportunity, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it's a very real thing. We all want it year one and we've gotten spoiled by some players at the top, like you had mentioned, but we all want that production right away. So it's hard to wait for it. And I don't like waiting. Uh, well, I don't like waiting either. Um, and I've, I'm not talking about Elijah Moore this week, Panero. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know if you're ready yet. No, no, but, not. but, but totally seriously, I think sometimes <laughs> like it's also one of those things that even with some of our like modest hits, we're still looking for Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson where we should have been just fine with Terry McLaurin. Mm. Like, was he ever doing the same thing or? Mm-hmm. I mean, how many times are people trying to sell Terry McLaurin though? And the dude's like out there getting a thousand yards a season, not an ideal situation. Um, we know now he's, he's never going to be like a consistent wide receiver one. I'm fine with that. I think you're fine with that. Yep. But sometimes we're just not, we're kind of just like, yeah, he's, he's going to be 27 this year. You know, he's, (laughs) but you're just like, well, yeah, (laughs) you know, so what do you do? You trade him for Chase Claypool a couple years ago. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not saying that's going to be your outcome this year. If you trade him. Yeah. I'm not saying was, I'm, I'm not interested in shopping him either, but <laughs> that was probably a thing though. I agree. Yeah. You know what I yeah. mean? And, and then you're just like, man, I, I wish I had Terry McLaurin. <laughs> yeah. Ter- and, Terry and DJ Moore are kind of similar guys for me. They're like this perennial wide receiver twos that you can just depend on that people undervalue. Yeah. Yep. Another one. Yep. 28 years old. I think, right. He's one of the younger, one of the younger old guys. Yes, correct. Actually, I just saw he's 28 today because uh, um, someone was trying to make a case for him. And uh, and I didn't think a case needed to be made. I think he's in a good situation. And he yeah. had, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's one of those things where, like, as soon as they get to be a certain age or it's a certain time of year, like, we all start to swing one way. And I think that's 
that's something Even you pride last yourself year, in. Cooper did yeah. good. Oh yeah, absolutely. You yeah. know, and and then and then and I'm, I don't want to talk about it, but I think it's a freaking weird argument. Like I have people out there telling me Elijah Moore because of Mari Cooper's meh. Yeah, and I it's like, that. dude, this guy is a freaking stud. Yeah. Like, don't like Elijah Moore because of Maya or Mari Cooper. Right. That that's silly. You're you're just stretching. <laughs> I had long arms too. <laughs> Man, I don't need to stretch. <laughs> when 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 is the fever when, when does Swagzilla Zero G succumb to the fever? Ever is there a time that you're more susceptible to to falling for something uh that you just know you shouldn't cuz we all we all make mistakes in fantasy football. We're not we're not perfect. Is there a time of year where you're like, "You know what, dude, when this happens, I do tend to fall for it a little bit." Um, yeah, that's a tough one, man. That's a good question. I think so. I think I fall for it to, I think I do too. To, to start this, um, I've had, I've drafted Rondale Moore. I've drafted Elijah Moore. I was into Elijah Moore a little bit more last year. I started looking at things and saw things I didn't like, Finero. Right. Um, I've, I've missed on, I have Isaiah Spiller shares. I have right. had rookie fever. Um, I think that, I think where I differ a little bit is I get out before yes. other people. Yeah. I don't think that I differ much in my misses or my hits. I change them though quickly. I, I get out of Rondale more and add a little bit to it while I can still get Waddle. Be, then that's what I do. Yeah. And, and quite honestly, like I don't think that I have a special power that <laughs> makes me not susceptible to misses. Um, I think that I I just try to lead a little bit. I, I'm trying to, you know, this is just who I am, man. I'm not trying to be cocky or think I'm ahead of anybody. But when everybody starts going for the same food, I, I kind of want something different. Like you right. all have your fingers on it now and it's kind of ew. <laughs> so I, I, I try to look at it a little differently and take advantage of those opportunities to let you eat so that I can still thrive onto something else. And um, I've missed that way too. I've got out of people too early. I've got out of people for the wrong people. Um, but I, I think that that's where I differ just a little bit is that I'm okay saying, you know what? Fuck Elijah Moore. Like I, I, and, and whether I'm wrong or right, I, I'm just kind of okay being like, nope, fuck it, dude. I don't even fucking care. Like when is anybody Fenero like players aside, when do you ever see anybody get excited about a wide receiver going to Cleveland? Yes, like people weren't even this excited about Amari Cooper and yeah. Deshaun Watson, but now they're going to act like Deshaun Watson is going to bring out like the second coming of Elijah Moore that we haven't even seen. Don't get me started. We only <laughs> like Elijah Moore this much because of AJ Brown. That's, that's uh, my conclusion. <laughs> I He's think, another five nine one eighty three. That's yeah. just not for me, man. Yeah, I think we got. I think we got hot even on this show for Elijah Moore because of uh, those. Those. those <laughs> I, wide I can handle it, Fenero. So you those, know, but those I wide receiver, those wide receiver ones that he was getting at Dude, the end of his rookie season. I was that's totally was. hot for him. I've been. Yeah. I was buying all last year for a little but, bit, and then it just you kind of start looking at it, and you're like, ah, oh, you know, it's so but, meh. 
that was over a year ago now. You know, that's, yeah. that's, that's to your point. And I love that you said, um, you're going to return some food sometimes that you probably should have left on your plate. You know, like you're not saying that your strategy is foolproof, that you, but getting out earlier several times, not just an isolated instance, right? So let's say you're doing it twice as much as anybody else will, right? Let's just say your tolerance is, is twice as strong as anyone else. We all hold too long and you, and you maybe don't hold on long enough. Okay, let's just let's just let's just draw the line 50-50 for for argument's sake. You're going to hit more doing that because you have a year or more of data behind you where other people don't, right? You're that's that's kind of your point. You're you're, you're kind of looking at what you've seen in the NFL, not prospects anymore, not player profiles anymore, not someone's college production profile. You're looking at the NFL. You're looking at how many fantasy points this player gave you, and you're adding that into the equation when other people don't. Yeah. Like, like you said, you saw somebody touch the food and you yeah. returned the food to the person who touched it. A lot of us don't see that someone touched the food at all because we're still interested in that item and not who touched it. And I think you will be more successful doing that. I'm not somebody that lets go easy. I have separation anxiety about putting a, a an envelope in the mailbox, making sure I put the check in right. Did I sign it? Yeah. Um, did I do yeah, everything? Well, like I, I, I tend not to give up early. Just other things too, you know, like I'm, I, I'm trying to think of like a player example, but if you tell me this player was the second best rookie against man coverage last year, and you're like, wow, that sounds freaking cool. You know, mm -hmm. that sounds really awesome. And then you think about it and you're like, well, he was the third or fourth option on his team. Right. So he's getting like, even though it's man to man, he's getting right. the shittiest defender up against him on the team. So hopefully he, you know what I mean? Like he's yeah. not challenged the same way the other wide receivers are on his team. And you're like, yeah, you know, that sounds, uh, it sounds better than it does in some situations. Like you can tell like the kind of coverage somebody like Garrett Wilson is going to take or Drake London is going to take on their team versus Sky Moore. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Devonta Smith uh, maybe illustrates that point. So Devonta Smith is a very good wide receiver and coming in out of college, we all knew it. We were worried about his size and what made him a wide receiver one. It wasn't just Jalen Hurts. It's AJ Brown. You know, I, I think I think them together thrive, right? I think I think AJ Brown's going to thrive pretty much wherever he goes as a target hop. But I think Devonta Smith was better because of AJ Brown. So you have you have players like you said, where you look at an isolated statistic or an isolated situation, and then you get a trade like you know to a different team, and we're all like, oh well, that's going to be the difference. It's like you got to look at all the moving parts. There's a ton of moving parts. Elijah Moore is getting a different quarterback. Elijah Moore is getting a different offense uh, that mm -hmm. before now has been incredibly run heavy. Uh, they're saying it's going to open up, but they've been saying that about Baltimore for the last 17 years. Yeah. Like, you know, it's one of those things where the, the grass is never or isn't always greener on the other side. And, and we, if we sit and cherry pick an asset or cherry pick a statistic or cherry pick how somebody is in man coverage, we can make an argument for anything. But the reality is um, what you what you focus on most is points in my lineup. How did they do last year? Okay. That that might have been it might have been David Bell, now that you mention it. Oh, David Bell. It might have been David Bell. But even like even Donovan Peoples Jones did pretty good, but people are just like, nope, he sucks too. Even though yep. he did it in the NFL, he sucks too. Yep. Watson wasn't even there most of the season, but all these players it doesn't matter because he had Watson. Like 
<sighs> ah, it, damn that Cleveland team. <laughs> I think I think what it comes down to, and I've said it before, is it's not about finding that next hit. It's about getting out before everybody else wants to. And that's yeah. kind of what keeps your team like sort of just viable to where you never need to totally commit to the rebuild. Like you can you're you're rebuilding on the fly. It's a competitive rebuild. You you get rid of said player with a little extra on top and you just always keep it kind of this weird role. I fuck up teams. <laughs> <laughs> but that's Recently. the that's the idea in my head, you know. Yeah, recently the a good way to screw up your teams is trading for the wrong quarterbacks. Like we've lost a lot of quarterbacks in the last couple seasons, and mm-hmm. um, and in superflex, that's just a disaster, you know. So I find myself, I find myself just wanting to go get more, you know. Even if it's not a quarterback one, I just want another quarterback because I just feel, you know, I'm anxious about this player. I'm anxious about that player. I mean, even the NFL. I mean, we've never heard of so many rumors about like you know top draft picks possibly not being on a team anymore you know, like yeah. justin fields you know they're obviously committed in justin fields they just renewed to a but these are like players that we were like worried about that feels like we shouldn't have worried about like Tua had a magnificent season before he got hurt well, and the media though and it's jump. the yeah it's what we did with jared goff like you know yeah, how much jared absolutely. goff i've gotten for like 24 yep. and 25 firsts and yep. daniel jones for seconds because yeah of the, the, the other side of rookie fever, like those people mm-hmm. that you can just always constantly kind of get for cheap. And now you can't yep. get Jared Goff for that because people are kind of like, oh, I really like what Detroit's doing there. <laughs> I'm like, well, you know, that's cool. But it would have also probably been smart if some of you looked at what Jared Goff had done outside of this worst year ever. Right. And he's he hasn't been that bad. Yep. He, I don't know. Yeah. It's just weird to me. It's rookie and then, fever. And then – yeah, it is rookie fever. And then, and then again, going back to your, you know, you need context, right? Look at the NFL. Look how many teams don't have a quarterback. You're going to tell me Jared Goff is worse than the team that has no quarterback? Absolutely not. So, like, even if you believe. I don't know, man. Talk to Carson Wentz. But even, yeah, Carson Wentz is like, he's closer to what a one hit wonder. Right? He's closer to a one hit like, wonder. Jared Goff had, has a more, way more significant career. Uh, is it, is it a personality thing? That's a great point. I honestly, man, Carson Wentz is is a conundrum to me. I've 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 fallen for him. I, I don't anymore. I've fallen for him a couple of times, and I and this is a tendency I'll have um, when I asked you the question like, what do you fall for? I fall for flashes, man. I fall for flashes all day long. Like I'll see a flash, a game, a series, um, a stretch of four games, and just think that's who the player is, and then I hold on to that for a long time. And yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Th- I think those one are of my tough for me, man. When I see might it, be um, rookie fever player profiles. <laughs> when you when you do a profile with a guest, you tend to be a little higher on that particular. Yeah, profile. because they're just yeah. such great yeah, conversations. Yeah, you I'm with you. Probably like you're building some kind of connection with your guests. Totally agree. Um, I. You li- even the ones you listen to, you know, like yep. um, not just the ones I do, but I think that and I'm, I'm not plugging here, not purposely. <laughs> um, I think that that might be um, that might be one of them for me. And, and honestly, yeah. just kind of talking to those guys, you know, they get so mm-hmm. excited. You get excited. Yeah, we talk some strategy with them like you're you're getting excited, you know. Yep. Um, I have a lot of Bell. I have a lot of Tolbert. And I can tell yeah. you that I did both of those profiles. <laughs> 
So probably <laughs> Rookie Fever player profiles. So even after you listen to a Rookie Fever player profile and you're getting kind of hot on somebody, maybe try to – maybe you're, the next thing you should do is find the counter to it, which is something we yeah. also try to do here on Rookie Fever player Love profiles. That. We don't we Love don't go that. as in-depth. Maybe we should. I don't know. But yep. try to find the counter to it and kind of the people that don't like them. Even do your own research. Look at some tapes, some numbers. Look at the situations that maybe maybe you're like, yeah. That I guess that's the next thing I would do is um, try that's to not a, like it. That yes, dude, you just nailed it. That 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 was perfect segue to what I was just about to say. When you start to fall for a player, right? Fever is starting to kick in. Like, okay, this guy is my RB three. This, this going to be my RB three mm-hmm. no matter what landing spots, or whatever. That right when you get to that point, right where you're ignoring landing spots, you said it doesn't matter anymore. I'm in love with Charbonnet. This is where this is where I'm going. Go look for the opposite. What do you yeah. go look for anybody that has shit to say about Charbonnet and look it up and digest it and see if that balances you out a little bit. If that's your Tylenol, if you will, to you still have a fever, right? The Tylenol only masks it, but the Tylenol yeah. brings the fever down where you can go back to work. You can think clearer. You can like maybe do that. I love that advice, Swags. Like if you start to feel the fever come on for a certain player in a certain profile, go find the Tylenol. Look up the negatives about this player. You can find him everywhere, right on NFL.com mm-hmm. if you want, all over the place, and find the opposite side and equal equalize yourself out. I think that's a very healthy way to approach yeah. it. And, I mean, they're doing profiles at Campus of Canton. That's a good spot to look. They're doing some goods and bads over there. Um, Dwight Peebles runs those up. Nerds, like you mentioned earlier. Yep. Debbie Deep Dive. Jason and Brandon are killing it over there so there's plenty of places to go yep most people will try to get with you if you reach out to them but yeah just do a little bit of your own digging and there's nothing i can do to stop the fever when we have uh you you know i recently acquired the 102 in a draft and uh and uh, i've been saying for a while who my qb1 is and all of a sudden having the 102 in my lap i just can't wait for the mark schofield profile i want mark schofield to tell me come on mark who man you gotta gotta hope everybody takes bryce and (laughs) cj falls to you at this point i know it's crazy man like there's a lot of talk about cj going one overall now to carolina like there's a there's a lot of this is a fun time of year i think it's a fun time to talk about it's a fun time to enjoy just don't go out and do anything stupid you know just be be conscious of the ebbs and flows here and and uh and and hit uh, hit hit us up. Our opinions are going to change throughout this process, and uh, and just have fun with it. But don't don't do anything stupid. Don't what, what was that? What's that? Uh, fever of one hundred and six or higher? Hyper hyperexia. Yeah, you don't get that. that word. Don't get that. That was yeah. your word. <laughs> hyperprexia. Don't get hyperprexia. It's very dangerous. Go to campuscanton.com, put in code FEVER, save 10%. Also, as mentioned by the feverish, you can use code FEVER at dynastynerds.com to save 15%. I is and am at swagzilla0g. He is at ArtBarkTV. This is at Rookie Fever. And you've got it. We are. When you kiss me, fever when you hold me tight. Fever in the morning, fever all through the night. Sun lights up the daytime, moonlights of the night.